Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, I'm Gemma Bath, filling in for Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. It's always been reported that Prince Andrew is the Queen's favourite son. The once spare to the air has now dropped back to eighth in line for the throne and has long been nicknamed the original party prince. Every royal is used to headlines, both good and bad, but unlike Meghan Markle, who just can't seem to catch a break right now, Prince Andrew has always managed to emerge out the other side relatively unscathed and for much bigger gaffes. Right now, he's in the midst of what's been called a PR disaster that's nuclear explosion-level bad, thanks to a BBC interview he gave about his relationship with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Do I regret the fact that, that, that he has quite obviously conducted himself in a manner unbecoming? Yes. Unbecoming? He was a sex offender? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being polite. Today we're going to delve into the Prince's history and try to work out how and why Prince Andrew is so untouchable. The Duke of York wanted to tell his side of the story. He agreed to a tell-all hour-long interview with the BBC about his relationship with former friend Jeffrey Epstein, the late convicted sex offender accused of procuring a sex trafficking ring for his wealthy mates. His media advisor reportedly quit when the prince refused to take his advice and not go ahead with the interview. And then this happened. The fallout growing from that interview with Prince Andrew, answering questions for the first time about his friendship with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. It was unprecedented. None of us have ever seen anything like that before. No. Should we have seen it? This is the Mm. question now that people are asking. My thoughts are with the 35 to 40 victims on all this who didn't appear hardly to be mentioned on this documentary. The aftermath? The public is calling for him to submit to questioning by US authorities under oath, and he's in the news again right now for a different scandal. He apparently used the N-word during a meeting at Buckingham Palace with a Downing Street advisor of Sri Lankan descent. To better understand this current fall from grace, we're talking to Holly Wainwright, head of content here at Mamma Mia and our in-house royal expert. Holly, you grew up in the UK. What was Prince Andrew's reputation like as a younger man? So Prince Andrew was the glamorous young prince. So it's a bit hard to imagine now when you see him on the Newsnight interview, and he's obviously a, an older fella these days. But when he was young and in the 1980s, he was basically like Harry, right? So he was the second son of the Queen. There's quite a big age gap between him and Charles. So he was always the younger, more carefree one. The heir, Charles, obviously, always has a lot more responsibility. And the spare, who is Andrew, always has a lot more fun. And so he was the playboy prince very much when I was young and growing up. And he was kind of seen as handsome and dashing. He had this black hair and he had this Navy officer uniform. And he was always in the newspapers dating glamorous young women and semi-celebrities and famously a porn star in inverted commas (laughs) called Koo Stark. Those were the kind of stories that were splashed all over the papers. Andrew was the one who was in nightclubs having a great time. He's had many nicknames over the years. One of the ones that pops up is Air Miles Andy. 
Please explain. <laughs> so one of the things that's a real challenge for the spares in the royal family, so not the heirs who have the, the very definitive role, is what do they do? right? What do they do? And that's something you can see now Prince Harry wrestling with. Like, what is my place in life? What's my purpose? Who am I? You know, he could literally go to nightclubs every day, cut a few ribbons, and that would be done. Prince Andrew has obviously also wrestled with that. So he had his career in the Navy. And then what he's tried to reinvent himself as is this kind of business envoy, like a trade envoy for Britain. And one of the things that that involves, of course, is a lot of travel. So he jets around the world, as very clearly expressed in this controversial interview, apparently making deals and making Britain seem like a great place to do business with and setting up networks for business people and all these things. And that's what got him the nickname Air Miles Andy, because the whole idea is like, who exactly is paying for all this travel? And of course, as a senior member of the royal family, largely the British people are, the taxpayer is. While he was in that role, while he was jetting around the world, he was accused of entertaining all sorts of unsavoury, I guess you would say, characters. One of the things that's always been interesting about Prince Andrew is that because, again, of his position in the royal family, he doesn't have quite the glare on him that the very high-profile members do. And because of his position of being a business person, he's endlessly doing deals with people who are very high up in the finance industry, I guess, and some of whom are not necessarily squeaky clean. (laughs) For example, in 2010, his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson, who we all know as Fergie, was busted in a tabloid sting operation where a journalist posed as a sheikh, like an Arab sheikh, who wanted to do business with Prince Andrew and wanted access to him. And Fergie basically was caught on tape saying, if you pay me £50,000, I'll make sure that you get to meet Andrew and you get to hang out with him. And that is exactly the kind of story, which was a verified story at the time, that have always cast this kind of negative pall over Andrew. And what exactly is going on there? His relationships are something that have always been of interest, as are most royal relationships. Can you expand a bit on how he got this playboy kind of persona? Well, as he says in the Newsnight interview, he says, I was single for a long time. So he didn't get married until the 1980s, at which point he was in his 30s. And he famously, as I just said before then, was a bit of a party boy. And then he married Sarah Ferguson. Now, it's interesting to note that when he married her, she was seen as the exact opposite of Princess Diana, right? Those Mm. were the two pin-up princesses of that era and certainly of my youth. And Diana was the perfect one. And Fergie was roundly painted as this loose cannon. She didn't really look quite right. When their marriage famously fell apart, among rumours of infidelity on both sides, he never remarried. So Charles obviously went on after his divorce from Diana to marry his original love, Camilla Mm -hmm. Parker Bowles. Andrew never remarried, and he's never really had a very public partner since then. And that's the early 90s, so that's a lot of years now when he has been footloose and fancy free, in inverted commas, (laughs) and able to do what he wants and what it appears that he wants and what the rumours certainly suggest is questionable morally. When you compare the backlash that Fergie got compared to the backlash that Prince Andrew got for kind of doing similar things, cheating, scandals, was it equal? No, definitely not. 
Being held to account for his behavior is something that has not happened to Prince Andrew very much in his life, right? He's famously supposed to be the Queen's favorite son. And it's clear that he's been able to live the life that he wanted to live without very many people ever pushing on him. When his marriage exploded, he walked away from that relatively unscathed. So it definitely seems like he is not a person who is used to having his behavior examined. And now here he is facing these very, what he would consider undignified questions about a crime. And he is clearly befuddled about how this could be happening. But the world has changed. You know, when his marriage ended and all those things happened, we were talking about a handful of tabloid newspapers. And now we live in a world of obviously 24-hour news cycle and social media and the fact that we do expect a lot more transparency from people of a high profile. And I do not think that Prince Andrew knows how to handle that at all. Well, we can compare it to 2019 because Meghan Markle has been in the spotlight for being the unpopular royal and it's taken this interview to really topple her off and put him in that top seat. (laughs) Well, the thing is that's interesting about that is that for a start, no one is interested in Prince Andrew. He doesn't sell newspapers, right? Like now he does, right Mm. now with the Epstein scandal. But one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't even know who he was until recently, people who didn't grow up like I did with with him as the generation of royals that they're looking at, probably like, who the hell's Prince Andrew, right? He doesn't sell newspapers. He doesn't deliver clicks. Whereas a beautiful young princess, in inverted commas, is always going to deliver clicks and sell newspapers. That's why you're seeing a lot of Meghan Markle. And a lot of people have been muttering for more than a year, that it was a smokescreen, that really the royal family having to panic about what Meghan's public profile is like was not the story that we should all be looking at. And the way that this is definitely turning out now, I think that people are realising that the royal family story of the year is not about Meghan and Harry in private jets. It's about what Prince Andrew's been trying to cover up for years now. Lastly, after watching this play out for decades, what do you think is going to happen now? The thing is, is that obviously the FBI might choose to investigate further and Prince Andrew's accusers very much want to see not just him, but all of the high-profile men who were involved in Epstein's despicable and criminal paedophile ring exposed and held to account. Is that going to happen? This might be as close to it as we get, to be really honest. Like seeing a, a prince of the royal realm make such a complete fist of his own self-defense might be as much as we get. But I actually think that this is going to be incredibly damaging to the royal family. I think that this is the kind of scandal that is going to change people's perceptions of that whole family, much more so, as I say, than a few private jets and a yoga studio built for Meghan. When Prince Andrew was born, the Queen sent a note to her cousin. The baby is adorable. All in all, he's going to be terribly spoilt by all of us, she wrote. Even now, aged 59... The prince, it seems, can do no wrong in his mum's eyes. When Epstein died in his jail cell in August, she offered him a summer getaway to escape the scandal. While it's being reported the Queen didn't approve of the BBC interview, it's believed she's still 100% backing and believing her son. As he weathers this latest storm, when it comes to the royal family, he remains under the protection of the Queen. However, there are whispers that Prince Charles, the next in line to the throne, could remove his brother's status as a working royal once king. He has, after all, made no secret of his desire to slim down the British monarchy. Ellie Beattie is the executive producer of The Quickie, audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.